Good morning. Thank you, everybody. Hey, thanks, team. <clears throat> Are you so cool if I just speak at this level? Is that okay? This morning, I'm deep and meaningful this morning with my voice. Hey, thanks, team. You know, as we were just worshiping this morning, I sense that um, the particular that song was just it was communicating about chains being broken and all sorts of uh, stuff. And you know, particularly this morning, I just sense that maybe God wants to break some people, uh, some chains of fear in people's hearts. You know, as we worship, it maybe some some um, some um, um, worry or anxiety that people may have in situations and circumstances. That's the power of our God. He can do that. You know. Um, as we're just worshipping. And if that's you, just let God continue to work in your heart because he can do an incredible work, far better than any human. Anything we can do, he can do amazing. Um, some of you might be concerned about some elements of your future. Oh, God just wants you to know that you can hand it to him and he can, he can guide you. He can bring you through. And he's brilliant. So I, um, I wanted to turn... Oh, all the YPs, all the young people are welcome to go now to the the 12 and 13-year-olds to the discipleship class. So you guys can head off. That'd be brilliant. Great. I want to turn your attention to Matthew chapter 6 this morning and verses 31 to 34. Um, Jesus spoke these words. I'm very aware that the, uh, the Word of God is... Um, is powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. It's amazing. I'm very aware that the vessel that's delivering this morning is pretty, um, is not perfect, but the Word of God is. <laughs> Amen. That's good, isn't it? We can look to Him. So Matthew chapter 6, 31 to 34 says, Therefore do not worry, saying what we shall eat or what shall we drink or what we shall wear. For after all these things the Gentiles, sorry, for after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Aren't you glad about that? God knows. God knows. That doesn't mean we don't ask Him, but He certainly knows. And then verse thirty-three: Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Seek first, 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 the first, the kingdom of God. When I wake up in the morning, as I did this morning, which is always a good day when you wake up, <laughs> there is a little routine that uh, I have to go through because I have two little dogs, Zoe and Rosie, who believe that their whole aim in life is to make sure that I feed them before I do anything else. Um, if I don't feed them, when I get up, uh, they'll jump. They'll turn in circles, they'll uh, run around, they will even yelp and moan as if their, their whole life is falling apart. And I've discovered that until I do that first, I'll have no peace. So, it's really, so the, the, the reality is, do that first and they all settle down, their stomachs are full. Um, it can be very early when they want to be fed. This morning it was still dark. I got up a bit earlier just to do some, um, get my thoughts together, and uh, they were very keen on being fed. And so something that I've discovered, the passion that they have for food is amazing. <laughs> some of you got that passion. I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd like to encourage us this morning after I've just offended you. 
that if I had the passion that my dog showed towards me giving them something before I do anything else, doing that first, in had the same passion that Jesus asked of us in this, in this scripture, I think I'd do well and I'd do a lot better in life. Because he says, seek first what? The kingdom of God and his righteousness. Do you know that throughout the Bible, there's times when Jesus, in Old Testament, New Testament, um, there's times when the word of God clearly says there's some things we've got to put first. In actual fact, uh, what you put first determines what, what happens afterwards. What you put first determines um, what comes your way. Isn't that true? And can I say this this morning? If you're not happy with what's coming your way, change what you put first. Does that make sense? I'll say it again. What you put first determines what comes next. If you're not happy with what's coming next in your life, change what you put first. And you'll find that it'll change. Jesus continually reinforces this truth. The word first in verse 33 here is an interesting Greek word. It actually, um, in English, it's translated into another word called proton, P-R-O-T-O-N. Who knows what a proton is? Hopefully Jeffrey does on the front. He does, yes. <laughs> he is a chemist. A proton is a sub subatomic particle that is positively charged. That's just part of an atom. You've got electrons and you've got neutrons and you've got protons. A proton is part of the structure of an atom. The interesting thing about the word the proton is the building block of creation. In actual fact, sorry, the atom is a building block of creation and a proton is a part of that. It's interesting because in Genesis chapter 1, it says, in the beginning. Do you know what that means literally? First. First. So when God created us and created humanity and he created the earth, he created the sky and the sun and the planets to get in different forms, he established something first. He brought all those atoms together and he created different people and he, created, he put all the atoms in different formats and he created people and he created sky and he created air and all those wonderful things. But the building block of creation is an atom, and the, one of the parts of the atom is a proton. And God says, the very first thing that I put into place was these ability to create. And, and, and it's amazing, the reality, that Jesus says, if you place the fundamental building blocks to life first, you'll build a good life. If you place the fundamental building blocks, if you proton your, if you place those things that need to be first in your life, I mean, just like I, God says in, in Genesis, created the heavens and the earth and created a good heavens. And what did God say about it? It is all good. When he created you and me, he said, oh, very good. So he, he, the, the reality is that the very first thing he created was this wonderful Greek, um, this Greek word, um, definition being it's one of the just like a proton is the building block of our existence so God says what you put first will be the building block of your existence what you put first will determine what comes next so in this passage in verse 33 it says seek first the kingdom of God and the reason it says seek first the kingdom of God because God actually wants life to go well for us he doesn't want life to go bad. He wants life to go well for us. That's a good God. And he says, you know what? If you put into the building blocks of life, me first in your life, you'll actually find that there'll be order and you'll be purposeful and you'll be fulfilled. But if you don't put the 
first, if you don't put what needs to be first in your life, you'll find that you won't have any order, you won't have any purpose, and you will find that there won't be fulfillment in life. And maybe that, for some of us this morning, uh, can be a testimony, and we're saying, God, I just need to, I think God wants to challenge us and say, come on, what are you putting first? Just like God put creation, just like he said, I'll the building blocks of life is the atom structure and the proton, the electron, the neutron. So if you would build into your life these things in Scripture that I say put first, you'll find that life will go so much better. It's the building blocks of a great life. So unfortunately, we live in a world today that the earthly kingdom presses us and pushes us and tries to put us into its mold and it tries to get us material greed and selfishness. And uh, it doesn't do us any good. And even then it says, seek first not only his kingdom, but his righteousness. Because I can easily seek my own righteousness. Well, I'm good enough. I can do it on my own. Works related. I've done all the right things. I didn't hurt anybody. I'm, I, you know, um, surely God accepts me. I haven't done anything bad. Well, I've got news this morning. We've unfortunately all done bad. And we need more than just our righteousness. We need the righteousness of Jesus Christ, don't we? and his forgiveness and his mercy. And that's why God says, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. So, in Revelations, it's interesting because Revelations 1.11 says, Jesus actually said, I'm the Alpha and the Omega. I'm the first and the last. Jesus declared himself to be the first. Actually, Jesus declared himself to be the proton of your life, the building blocks of your life. He declared it. It's not the physical body so much. It's your spiritual person that he wants to be the building blocks of. In Matthew 27, Jesus says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And it says, This is the first and great commandment. So what's Jesus saying? Once again, he's declaring something. This is the building blocks of life, to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. It creates something powerful in your life, so life goes well. It's a building block. Here's an interesting one in Matthew 7, verses 4 and 5. It just says, um, when Jesus talked several times about what needs to be first in your life, he says, how can someone, how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye. A lot of you know this verse. And look, there's a plank in your own eye. Hypocrite. Jesus didn't mix his words sometimes. He says, first, first what? First remove the plank from your eye, and then you'll see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Often we can look at this passage and say, I should never judge anybody. That's not what Jesus is saying. My goodness, we have to go through life judging. Have to. But the reality of how Jesus wants us to do it is, is this. If you know a brother or sister that you know you want to go and talk to you about something, first of all, look at your own life and say, is there some things in my life that I need to, folk, I need to realize that are short, short um, falls in my life? And when you do, you re- realize that you can come into the right attitude and the right humility than, than to go and talk to your brother and sister. Jesus says, if you first go and look at your own life, you're first. You'll notice Jesus says that it's a plank in our eye, but just a speck in your brother's. (laughs) That's interesting, isn't it? Um, Because sometimes I judge myself on my good intentions, 
but I judge others on their bad, bad, what they do wrong. And yet I do the same wrong, but I say, well, I had good intentions, but I did wrong. But, you know, so that's different. You know what? It's not. Sometimes the plane gets really big. Can you imagine physically walking? Let's just, just, let's just take it out there a little bit. And you imagine this morning walking around with a plank literally in your eye. How many people you'd knock on the head? How many people that would just be difficult to, to exist? You know? And the sad, thing, <clears throat> the sad thing is you can't see it, but everybody else does. And then we go and tell someone, hey, you've you got a speck there. You've got some things you've got to deal with. And they're looking at us with this plank and so far out. But you know, when you deal with the plank, you have the right then in hum humility and love to go and deal with the speck. So Jesus says there's, there's got to be some things first in your life that you've got to put into place. Here's another one, Luke 14. For which of you intend, verse 28 and 29, for which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down what? First and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it, lest after he has laid the foundation he is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him. We can be great starters in life, but sometimes we can be lousy finishers, unless in life we first weigh up the ability of what it takes to finish the task. You ever started a project, and, uh, and to this day it's not finished? Yeah, I've got a couple. <laughs> I know there's a matter of priorities and everything too, but the reality is, is that Jesus says clearly here, he says, come on, guys, you've got to count the costs. And you know why Jesus says count the cost of what you are thinking of doing? is because he knows that in the middle of that project, in the middle of that task, in the middle of that marriage, in the middle of that relationship, in the middle of that job, all those things you want to get out of, you're going to face some difficult times. And when you face those difficult times, if you, <clears throat> if you had never counted the cost... You'll give up and walk away from it. But if you counted the cost, you're willing to push through the hard times. So that's why Jesus says, would you consider first counting the cost? So that we can see these, this whole principle of first in Scripture is pretty vital and important. I, uh, I always remember there was an interview with Kathy, Kathy Freeman. She won a gold medal in the 400 metres in Sydney 2000, year 2000. Remember that? She was incredible. Um, lovely lady, and she won this gold medal in the 400 metres in the year 2000 in Sydney, of all places, her home place. And there's an interview that happened, and the uh, interviewer, the uh, reporter said, Kathy, um, um, what preparation is needed to win such a race? And she said, well, there's a lot of preparation, you know. You know, I've got to get up early, um, five, you know, five days a week. And she said, you know, sometimes I don't want to get up early. I think we can all relate that. We don't, want to, we don't want to count the cost sometimes. I don't want to get up early. But I say to myself, no one would know if I didn't get up early. I need my coach. No one sees me out on the track at 5 o'clock in the morning when I'm you know, pumping away and working and, and, and trying to increase my speed and I'm training. No one sees me those long hours I put into training. This is what she said in the interview, the, you know, what, kind of what she said. But she says, you know, when I, that alarm bell goes up, I say, well, no one will probably know if I don't train today. But you know what? They'll know that I didn't train. When I come to that Olympic final, in the 400 metres, in the last 10 metres, I drop off. They'll know I didn't train enough then. She says, so I picture that in my head when that alarm goes off. I say, no, I'm going to get up and train again. 
She's counted the cost. She's put something into place first. I want to tell you that we need to, to see the realities and the truths of what Jesus says about what we need to put first in our lives. First is so important. It's the proton. It's the building blocks of life, isn't it? It's the building blocks. Let me turn your attention now to another passage of Scripture in Genesis chapter 4, verses 1 to 5. And I'll put it up on the screen, this one. <clears throat> Let me read it to you. It says, Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore again, this time his, his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep. Take note of that. Abel was a uh, shepherd, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. So he was a, a crop farmer. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the, of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the first fruit of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel in his offering. But he did not respect Cain in his offering. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. If you read the story, Cain not only got angry, I think at God, but he got angry at Abel and he killed Abel. That's not a good... That's, you'd have to say Adam and Eve had the, had the first dysfunctional family, the murder in the family. Um, wasn't a good thing. I want to just say, if you read this passage, and I've read it many times over my lifetime, and when I first read it, I used to read that and think, why in the world did God accept Abel's sacrifice, who was a shepherd, but Cain, not Cain's sacrifice, who was a farmer of a crops? Well, it, it, there doesn't seem to be any evidence of why he would accept one and not the other. They both came with a sacrifice and something of the, what they produced. But as you just take a moment to reread the passage and see, you'll see something that happens here very distinctly. Okay? Excuse me. Please note first that Cain offered the fruit of his land. Abel offered the firstborn. There's that word again. First. Firstborn of his flock. Abel offered the first animal he had received. Cain offered what he had out of what he had gained. Let me continue. The offering itself is not the problem here. There's nothing wrong with what was offered by both men, but it was the heart attitude that was the difference between Cain and Abel. Verse 4 says Abel gave his firstborn. Uh, he, this indicates Abel desired to give his best. No guarantee that there was ever going to be any more lambs born to his sheep. Now, Reality and logic said there were going to be, but he didn't wait for the second or third or fourth. You know, he, he gave the very first one. He gave his firstborn. Firstborn lamb, he sacrificed it to God. Abel's heart, or his giving of the firstborn, was an indication of his heart towards God and his commitment to, be, to give his best and his first to God. Now... If we look at Cain, we see that I believe Cain gave out of just a formalism. In other words, just out of, um, oh, well, this is what I've got to do. Uh, we've always given sacrifices to God, and yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. Notice the scripture actually says, in the process of time, Cain gave. In other words, it came to pass, Cain brought an offering in the process of time, which literally means at the end of the days, quite literally translated, at the end of the days. 
And he clearly shows us that Cain's attitude towards God in giving towards him. When all the harvest had been brought in, um, when everything had been collected, everything had been taken care of, he says, oh, this is, this is what Cain's attitude. Well, I better go and find something to give to God. He didn't give his first offering. He didn't give the first fruit of his fields. He gave something in the course of time to God. And thus we see his heart attitude was not like that of Abel's, his brother. But for Cain, it was almost like a take it or leave it thing. Where for Abel, it was a definite, I've got to do this. This is what I need to give to God. So these two young men were faced with, had two different, and and the way that God, I should say, responded to them. Just notice, God says he respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. Notice the, the, the order of the words there. He said he respected Abel. He didn't say, I respected the offering of Abel. No, he said, I respected Abel. I loved Abel's heart and his offering. But I did not respect Cain's heart in his offering. So when we're talking about giving first of whatever it may be, our lives, our money, our future, our, our worship, God, God, you know what God wants? He wants your heart. And, and often he'll know that he's got your heart when you give your best unreservedly and, and, and you um, put him first. He knows you because he can see the evidence of that. The wonderful thing about God is he can see what we can't see in each other. He can see into our heart. So the principle of first things is a powerful, powerful spiritual truth because it determines the position of God in your life this morning. And I would like to ask, where does God stand in your life this morning? What position does he hold? First place or maybe second or third? And only you can answer that, not me. But I'll say this. What you place first in your life determines what comes next. And today, if you don't like what's been coming next, change what you place first. If we were to just bring this down to some really practical thoughts this morning, I've discovered some things about what I place first. It's really important for the future of my my future, my marriage. Gentlemen, if you want to have a good marriage, why don't you place your wife first over the children even, over your work even. Why don't you go today when you hop out of the, walk out these doors to church, why don't you actually open the car door for her instead of just jumping in the car, wanting to get the air conditioning on and saying, hurry up, honey, get in the car, will you? Why don't you open the door? Just imagine what that would, may do for her. She'll say, you're doing that because it was talked about from the pulpit. <laughs> but if you do it next week as well, that could really impress her because what you place first will grow and it'll help you in what comes next. And I want to tell you that she'll start to learn that you actually honour and respect her. Wouldn't that be a good thing for wives to know that their husbands honour and respect them and love them? Three of us. (laughs) See, what I place first in my life determines what comes next. Wives... The same thing. Respect. I tell you what, there's one thing that builds up a guy more than anything, just showing him respect and love and interest. One of the things that you wives could do is you, if, you, if you're the very first to say to him, hey, well done, that was a great job. He grows, you know, 
He just gets a lot out of that. So there's things that we need to place first, first in our lives. And, you know, when you place them first, you see the results. I, um, gee, it's only that time. Well, we're going to finish really early today. Is that cool? We're going to have all this fellowship time in a, matter of, in a moment. Is that okay? You, you can't go out to the children until 11 because they're not finished yet until 11, but... Over four decades ago, the interesting thing about this church building is, is that the people who were in this church over 40 years ago, probably going on to 50 years ago, um, had a petrol station. And in that, in that petrol station, was, um, they worked the petrol station, and every bit of profit from that petrol station, it was in Tullua Street, actually where those shops are there in Tullua Street now, just across the road. Um, and all the profits from that petrol station actually uh, went into a fund that bought the, land, bought the land that you're sitting on this morning. Okay? So all these, this is five blocks of house blocks. And these five house blocks were, were bought with the funds that were made by the people in this church about 40 to 50 years ago from a petrol station that they had. They eventually sold that. Then eventually after they had the, I saw the land. I was here very young and I saw the land before it had this building. And then eventually this building was built. And what they did was they placed something, a priority in their giving towards that so that we could see, we could reap the benefit. Today we reap the benefit of what someone done 40 to 50 years ago. They placed something first. And people throughout the last... Four or five decades have continued to benefit because of what some people place first in their lives, the priority of seeing a church established. It was known as Gladstone Christian Family Center. There's not too many of us left. There is a handful of us left who remember that name um, and have come to church in those days. This building, if you didn't know, has actually been renovated three times. It's been expanded three times. That wall has gone back twice. The offices have been enlarged a couple times as well. So, well... Once at least, anyway. So it's interesting what's happened over the centuries. Decades. <laughs> I would be a little bit older than I'm telling you, wouldn't I? Centuries. Out of this church, um, and I haven't counted them up to date, but about 10 years ago when I counted how many people have come out of this church and gone to Bible college and pastoring somewhere in the world, 36 people. I know that mightn't seem a lot, but I think there's probably double that amount now that have gone out. But, you know, incredible what God's done. God has sent out people and, and, and there's been a multiplying effect. Pastor Margaret Pashley, who was my youth pastor in this church, is of course in the Philippines and seeing literally hundreds of people come to Christ. Hundreds. In this church alone, hundreds and hundreds of people have come to Christ over these decades. Hundreds of people. Hundreds of people have lives changed because of the Holy Ghost and what God's been doing. It all because there was a group of people who put a priority on where they were going to put their money and they put it first into God's kingdom and we've been reaping the benefit. I'd like to think that the generations that follow you and I would also continue to reap the benefit. So that's why... Um, Within, um, in about a month and a half, we're going to take up our first fruits offering again. We do it every year. We do it every year. And I want to thank you for those who continue to give. 
But we see a vision, and the vision that we see within the life of this church is this church continue to have a bigger auditorium, and we're going to uh, just see more room. Last Sunday, we, we kind of had seats, but it felt reasonably full because <clears throat> there were some extra people, of course. But um, the truth is, is that there is, if, you, if you build it, they'll come. <laughs> I think that's a famous line from a movie or something. Don't know which one, and just remember it. So there's an opportunity for us, and I want to just expound, and we'll talk about first fruits. But there's a powerful principle that we can apply even to this building, even to this future, and this, and what we want to do. So some of the things that will happening in the next um, couple of months to start off with will be our car park will be expanded up the back, and we'll be connecting the two car parks. So from this side car park to the back side car park, and what will happen is you'll come in one way and go out the other. It'll be one way. But anyway, those type of things will be continuing to happen just so because when we build out that way and knock that wall out, we're going to take a lot of your car parks away. And we realise that, and so we need to provide a car parking space beforehand. Does that make sense? So you may say, well, what's a building? You know what? It's just a building. You know what? You're the kingdom of God. You're the building. A building is just a shelter. But the reality is, is that we need a shelter. We need a place for God to move in hearts and lives. He can do that wherever. He can do that in your house, in your home. But we're going to do a reasonably inexpensive building. We're going to establish something for God's kingdom. And it's just not for me. It's going to be for the generations that follow us. And I think that's a good thing. Because I tell you what, we're reaping the benefits of that right now. Someone who puts something first. And I want to do it for the people in the future as well. God's kingdom. Because I don't think Jesus is going to return tomorrow. I think we need to still keep busy. Is that okay? We need to still keep busy. We don't know the day or the hour. It says we'll maybe know the season. And certainly this world is ramping up with some pretty, uh, you know, what says in Scripture of what's happening, wars and famines and things like that. So we've got to be aware of that. But I tell you, I think there's much work that we can yet do. And seeing people wonder Jesus, young through to our seniors, and seeing God touch lives. And I know that our capacity <coughs> needs to increase. For our physical capacity and building to increase, you have to have a bigger capacity in your heart. Because nothing ever gets dreamed of unless you can see it. And I've been seeing it for years now. And I want to encourage you that God wants to build the capacity of your heart so that you can be a part of what God wants to do. In, uh, for his church. It's not our church. It's not my church. It's not your church. It's his. And he says it's all built around the reality of what you place first. Your family, um, how your family goes is dependent on what you place first. What importances do you place first? Uh, your future, your job, um, your finance and what you do with it is all based around what you place first. Um, so there's many things, and we'll talk about that over these next couple of weeks, but um, I want to encourage us this morning that we need to see and allow God build our capacity to see something bigger, something greater, and what he wants to do in this city for his, his purposes uh, and his kingdom's sake. Seek ye first the kingdom of what? God. And his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Can we stand this morning? Thank you, Lord voice has lasted.
I want you um, this morning, if you're here today, and maybe we can have a keyboard. Thanks, Kate, if you didn't mind. Just a keyboard would be fine. <clears throat> I want you to just, uh, I believe the Holy Spirit wants to expand your capacity. And if he's going to expand your capacity, some of you have got to kick some stuff out. And what you've got to kick out is some fears. What you've got to kick out is some anxieties and worries. For some of us, maybe there's health, ill health, that you just got to say, Father, I just need you. Healing touch upon my body. And, and if you know there's some things that just need to go and stop taking first place in your life, today I'd love to just pray for you where you stand. I'd just like to believe the Holy Spirit would just work because God has an incredible purpose. He loves you so much. He's good. And he's got something for you this morning. So if this morning you just know there's some things you need to kick out and you need to put first, I just want you to raise your hand. Let's just close our eyes and let each other have a moment. There's some things saying, Father, yeah, yeah. I want to just pray. It's not my prayer, but it's the prayer of faith. Father, today, for each hand that's raised, Behind the hand is our heart. And uh, Lord, our heart is where you really want to live, <laughs> is what you really want. And so today we'd say, Father, would you just please help us to realize some of those things that want to try and take first place in our life are just, just wanting to destroy us and they're not going to do us any good. And this morning in the name of Jesus, we tell them to go because they've got no place. Someone's concerned about their finances today. You know what God says? If you just would um, just be faithful in your giving, you'll find that he'll add back to you. Now, am I saying that for my benefit of this church? No, I'm just saying it for your benefit because that's how God works. Some of us, uh, health today, if your health is not 100%, I pray for your wholeness and health upon bodies. Father, you minister right now, healing in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Anxiety sometimes wants to grip somebody's heart this morning. That needs to go in the name of Jesus. Worry, anxiety, go in the name of Jesus. Father, thank you, thank you. Someone's worried about their future employment. You need to just trust him in that. Put him first and he'll make a way. In the name of Jesus this morning. Thank you, Father. Thank you. So, Father, we commit ourselves to you today. We thank you that you love us. You've got great purpose for our lives. And that, Father, you're not going to leave us stranded. As we put you first, you say all these things shall be added unto us. So today we trust you in that, in that promise. In the name of Jesus. And everybody agreed, said? Amen. Amen. Well, have a good morning, folks. Um, God willing, we'll be preaching tonight on that subject, but just have a brilliant day. Encourage someone. Be, please stay if you can for morning tea. That'd be great. Children finish at 11, so you've just got a little bit of time.